Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's directly across me. He's a good conservative, registered Republican. I uh, oh, know na- that. I've never shared my registration with you. A natural-born <laughs> listener likes to hear all sides of nah, arguments before he dismisses them outright. And I've gotten into dismissing them outright ahead of time. Oh, Just, now. It saves okay. time. So you're, you're picking up the... Uh, I'm picking up the Mark Lawrence uh, traits. Oh, is that true? Is that what I do? <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, one of our listeners says, Mark, I loved your Eric-like diatribe yesterday with Mike from Bloomsburg. Yes, it was. It was Eric-like. Eric-like. <laughs> I didn't realize that was actually a thing. You so. and Eric are a thing. Okay, well, good. All right, super. All right, so that was yesterday, but uh, today's a new day. Uh, you're on the mark, and we have uh, Professor Chris Ellis of Bucknell University. Dr. Ellis is a professor of political science, co-director of the Bucknell Institute for Public Policy, and one of the supporters of dialogue from all sides that happens at universities sometimes and he's on the line good morning chris thanks for calling in good morning sir Hey, no problem. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're hanging in. How about you? Yep, we're doing okay. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty much the same, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Joe asked if you were a conservative or one of the liberal professors from Bucknell, and I could not answer that question. Uh, I th- always think of you as nonpartisan. I- am I capturing that accurately? That's what I do for my job, so let's go with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll stick with that, and you may have... Buy pers- out myself. What if a student's listening? Okay, there. I got you. Okay, well, we won't do that then. Okay, so... <laughs> Just kidding. As we run up to the midterm elections, uh, the media's following awfully close attention to the president's ratings and how much impact abortion and or some of President Biden's successes have had on this. Is this unusual to be this closely obsessed with the minutia of every trend and twist and and the nuances as we head towards the midterm elections well i mean it is now i mean if if for no other reason than you know we're sort of sitting in this dead period right with the dobbs decision was a couple months ago we're just we're sort of here we're waiting for you know every nugget of polling data however unreliable it is and yeah i mean if if biden's approval rating i mean it's still bad but it's it's certainly better than it was a month ago it gives us something to talk about right it's something you know you know why is this what's happening was it the abortion thing is it the climate change is it dark brandon you know what what's the situation it does matter right because you know if he gets back up to i think he said like 41 or 42 percent now if he gets back to 44 or 45 i mean that's not that's not the doom for the midterms that it would have been you know a month ago or even right now so i mean it, it is kind of over, overblown a little bit but i think it is important to talk about and is it a messaging issue some folks just say He's got success. He's got good things to talk about. He's, of course, he's ignoring the southern border, but that's another topic. But he's just not getting the message out about the things that he has been able to get done. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I think you know the the Inflation Reduction Act or whatever it ended up being called. I mean, I think that was 
you know, I think that made a lot of people happy. I mean, there's some provisions in that that were popular, but I mean, there's only, you know, there's only so much messaging a, a president can do when gas was $5 a gallon, right? And that's going to swamp anything someone tries to say about their accomplishments. Now it's coming down, right? And I mean, it's still high, but it's coming down. And I think maybe now people are, are maybe listening to him a little bit, or at least viewing him as something other than the person that did all this to us, right? But, you know, for, for most of this year, I mean, it's just been, no matter what the message was or how well it was delivered, people just, just weren't listening. We can talk about the politics of it, or we can talk about the economic impact of it, but since you're in academia, you're positioned, positioned to answer this question. The give back or the loan forgiveness to students, worth doing or more inflationary and more of a problem than it would be worth? Oh, God. Um, well, it is inflationary, and it is, I mean... You know, whether it was worth doing comes down to whether you think it was fair, right? I mean, you know, there's, you know, obviously, like, the gender studies barista that everybody likes to make fun of. I mean, obviously, that's not a real sympathetic person. Um, and some of this does goes to high-income earners. I mean, on the other hand, a lot of it goes to people like nurses who took out a lot of debt to get, you know, a, a decent degree and look forward. So, I mean, I, I think there's good things and bad things. The one thing that it didn't do, right, and this is going to sound weird given who signs my checks, the one thing it didn't do at all is something about reforming the system to make the loan problem not as big in the first place, right? And that's that's a whole bunch of other stuff that has to do with college tuition, that has to do with, you know, accountability of colleges, that has to do with how students get information, that has to do with government funding, and none of that was touched, right? So, you know, whether the giveaway was good, I mean, you know, if you think it's a, you know, a fair thing to do to people who have debt, I mean, fine. And if you don't, fine too. But there's there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be done to to make this other than like a one-off problem which is going to come back. Well, if we want to view it callously, we could say that he was buying votes for the Democratic Party. <laughs> Any chance you agree yeah, with well, that? Or just quotes you yesterday, right. either way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the, the people that are the biggest beneficiaries of this line up pretty well with Democratic constituencies. I mean, it's, you know, young, college-educated, particularly women. I mean, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, I think it's something he'd want to do anyway, but the timing of it is obviously uh, advantageous. And in what way is it the federal government's job to step in here? I think you had more elaboration on that answer, so please finish that. And then in, in what way is the federal government, you know, and or responsible and or going to be able to help with that college cost cycle that you, you alluded to? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. A lot of this has to happen at the state level, too. But, I mean, like, the the basic structure of the loan system is, is weird. Now, you know why we give loans to, to college students, right? Because, you know, tuition is expensive. Lots of people can't pay for it. Lots of colleges can't cover the gap. But if you think about it, right, I mean, we're giving, you know, 18-year-olds with no assets and no credit, you know, lots and lots of money at a low interest rate. I mean, that's you know, a bank would never do that on their own, right? So it has to be subsidized by the government. And, you know, typically that's just been done as something we think is a good thing to do, because in some ways it is a good thing to do, right? People can't go to college if they can't pay for it. Um, at least from my perspective, the thing that's sort of, um, that's more challenging is there's really not a lot of strings attached on this money, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, to pump my employer a little bit. I mean, we charge a lot of money, but we give a lot of financial aid, and our graduates turn out to, you know, do pretty well. They earn money. They pay their loans back and stuff like that. But a lot of this money is is being loaned to 
people that are going to schools that have terrible graduation rates that, you know, are either misleading or straight out lie about career prospects when you graduate. And, you know, I mean, to the extent that there's a problem, I mean, it's it's people taking out, you know, enormous amounts of money that are basically billing, being sold a bill of goods by a private college or something like that for a degree they're never going to get or never going to use. And, and there's some things in there to kind of try to deal with that problem, but there's not a lot, right? And if we don't sort of tamp that down, then, you know, a loan forgiveness thing will have to come back in a few years because the problem will still be there. Well, hopefully like those who invested in Trump University can get their money back, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, right? I mean, there were so many for-profit schools that went out of business um, in the past five or six years just because they weren't, they weren't producing anything. But their students that were there were still on the bag in some cases, so... That's that's a bigger issue that goes beyond just giving people ten grand. Let's move on to Pennsylvania for a minute. The race between Dr. Oz and Lieutenant Governor Fetterman has taken an interesting turn in that Fetterman uh, has decided not to debate Dr. Oz at the uh, in September, as was originally planned, and has now accused Dr. Oz of making fun or light of his medical condition, which, frankly, is self-imposed. He, uh, he knew what he had to do to avoid having a stroke, and yet he chose not to do it. I mean, is this... Joe's angry about that. <laughs> Well, I have AFib. But you know, seriously, is this race going to hinge at all on whether or not these two get together? Oh, God. I mean, okay. How many people live in this state? And this is what we have for our Senate race. Um, so, I mean, they will have to. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they will debate at some point. I mean, and and one of the things about this, you know, I'm just I'm making a joke, but one of the things about this campaign that's just been really annoying is it's basically just been trolling. Right. It's been, you know, all the stuff about, you know, Oz living in New Jersey and the whole, you know, veggie tray thing, which was was hilarious. Right. But, you know, just sort of Fetterman making fun of him the whole time. And now, you know, Oz snaps back with, you know, you should have eaten a vegetable or whatever that was, you know, and it's just like, you know, I don't exactly know what we're fighting about at this point. Um, And that's. Yeah, I mean, so theoretically, a debate stage would be there where they'd have to do something other than just throw tomatoes at each other. Um, and I assume that will happen at some point, but, you know, if Fetterman's ducking the debates, and it really does look like he did, because he sort of strong-armed some of his, his opponents in the Democratic primary, too. If he's sort of, like, strong-arming his way out of the debates, you know, Oz is making it a little bit easier for him to do that by just sort of being a jerk about it. So, I mean... At some point, hopefully, they will get together and talk, um, because we need something in this race other than just, you know, whatever it happens to be right now. How does the governor's race shape up as far as you you can see? See, that, that looks a little bit more normal to me, and I think, you know, in the sense that we sort of know what the candidates are. I mean, I think... You know, given that it's a, probably going to be a not great year for Democrats, and given that Pennsylvania always flips governors after two terms, I mean, I think it's weird that, you know, in, in some ways it's weird that Mastriano is not doing better than he is, but he does, you know, I mean, he he does have a reputation for being kind of out there. I mean, I think that, you know, at least, I mean, you know, they'll even tell you this publicly, right, the sort of like elite of the Republicans in, in Pennsylvania wish they had a do-over on this primary and found Lou Barletta or something. Um, so, I mean, right now, Shapiro obviously has a little bit of a lead. I think, you know, I think that'll continue. I mean, what happens is when we get into, you know, October or whatever, and people start paying, actually paying attention, right, and, you know, really trying to see, like, whether 
you know, the, the national situation has been bad enough economically or whatever that, that we then want to take it, out, take it out on Democrats all up and down the board. Um, the other thing that, I mean, in the governor's race, I mean, and this is, I mean, not that we don't talk about it, but this is really important is that, you know, we're talking about, like, abortion and what it means for Biden's approval or the Senate. Like, it's really important in a governor's race. Like, it literally, abortion is literally on the ballot in Pennsylvania right now. Um, given that Republicans are almost certainly going to keep the the state house, so um, at some point the candidates will have to be, or at least Mastriano will have to be pinned down on that sort of in public. I mean, we sort of know what he believes, but but I imagine that'll become a bigger issue too, and we'll start talking about that because you know, Doctor Oz can't do anything about that really at the Senate level, but Mastriano absolutely can. I know you like to follow the uh, give and take of the national body politic, conservative versus liberal, and uh, now you have the wild card thrown in there, and the elephant in the room is President Trump. So, Chris, this is your time. Uh, as, as you follow this, how phenomenal is this to you as a political scientist? I don't, honestly, I don't know what to do with it, um, because it's it's just so... I mean, obviously, the circumstances around the search and all that stuff are their own thing, but the whole thing is just so weird to me. I mean, to have, you know, a defeated president still have such a grip on, you know, a significant portion of the party, you know, at a time when, you know, they could really use the money to win some Senate races, they could really use the energy, they could really use, I mean, you know, the way this has worked in the past, they could really use sort of a coalescing around, you know, a new kind of leadership, Ron DeSantis or whatever, and, and it's, you know, all of the attention is going is going there. Um, and I don't know exactly how that plays out. I mean, you know, the rumor is he's going to declare he's running for president, you know, within a month or so. I mean, I you know, whether this all gets put on hold or whatever, but that just completely up overturns the apple cart a little bit. Like, you know, I think, I mean, I think the polls are pretty clear that Republicans are doing will do better if Trump sort of fades away, but he's not going to, and he also energizes people and gets gets people to show up, too. So I don't, I mean, I don't really know exactly where this is going, but well, I mean, I saw for, you know, just the other day, I forget the exact numbers, but it was a, it was a poll that asked Americans if they wanted Trump to run for president again in 2024, and something like 70% of Republicans said yes, but among independents, the people you need to, to, to win, right, the number is about 20%. So that's going to be a problem, and how that all sort of gets worked out is 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 going to be interesting politics. But I'm, I mean, you know, as just a casual observer, it's just fascinating to me. I, I agree, it is fascinating. There's one thing as a Republican that bothers me is Trump is raising one hell of a lot of money, yeah. but Republican candidates aren't benefiting from it. It seems like he's holding it all back for whatever he wants to do. I think if he were trying to build the party, he would be shelling out some of that money and helping some of these people with more than just his mouth. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty obviously not trying to build the party. He's trying to build himself. I mean, I think that's been true for the entire time he's been around. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, <clears throat> if you look at the important Senate races, Republicans are way overspent in almost all of them, right? Democrats have more money. They have all, you know, they've been advertising for longer. All I mean, they just have a huge cash advantage. And Trump's sitting on a lot of it, and you're right. I mean... You know, if the political strategy, even to help himself, the political strategy was to, you know, be the savior, help win these races, and then get back in good graces. I mean, that would be one thing to do, but you're right, he's just sort of sitting on it right now, and that's that's sucking a lot of the oxygen out of the room for, for candidates who frankly need it right now. Uh, Barbara F. Walter, a Bucknell grad, was she one of your students by chance at any time? 
Oh, I am not that old, thank you. Okay, um, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, I don't know your I've numbers. I've been here a while, but not that not yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, she just wrote a book, How Civil War Starts. She's going to come back and talk about it in an upcoming uh, uh, colloquy. Uh, your view on what she's saying, that we have uh, the recipe for civil war elsewhere in history and countries and elsewhere around the globe today. We've got all the ingredients now. I mean, I, I think it's excellent work. I mean, I, you know, the, the stuff that she says, right, it's, it's sort of hard to look kind of reflectively at that because we're all living here, and so we live this every day. But, you know, a lot of the stuff about, you know, even if we don't even focus on specific things like the January 6th or whatever, a lot of the stuff about not trusting each other, about, you know, not trusting institutions, about getting power for its own sake. I mean, all that stuff is true, right? And and that's, you know, that's a big deal. I mean, I don't actually foresee a civil war anytime soon. I mean, I think if for no other reason than, you know, we're much more interested in watching football than we are in anything about this politics stuff, right? So, you know, I don't think the temperature is as high as that is, right? But you know, we are starting to see already a lot of breakdown of, of of belief in, you know, even stuff as basic as the American dream. And when that happens, I mean, it gets pretty toxic out there. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to be taking up guns anytime soon, but, I mean, there is a path for it to become a lot worse than it currently is. Well, thank you so much for your insights. Anything you would like to add to our conversation? Maybe we didn't ask a question that elicited that answer. No, I think this is good. Uh, I always have fun with you guys, so thanks for having me. Well, thank you. We're delighted to have you on. Yep. (laughs) Well, come back and visit us again. We'd love to have you back here now. The pandemic is waning somewhat. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Chris. Yes, thank you. See you. Take Uh, care. Professor Chris Ellis of Bucknell University, professor of political science and co-director of the Bucknell Institute for Public Policy. He also supports, we talked to the Open Discourse Coalition earlier this week, he supports that and uh, has always been in favor of more dialogue in one extreme or the other. Just more words are better. So, I like him because he doesn't dodge questions. <laughs> he gives you a straight well, answer. Well, and he sits and thinks about it. Like when yeah. you ask about uh, Fetterman and Oz, uh, you know, are we ever going to get to any <laughs> substance to that? But he's right when he said that this is the best we can come up with for Senate candidates in Pennsylvania. Right. So, well, or for a Senate race. You know, when's the last time they talked about minimum wage or jobs or education or national security or uh, you know, the big issues in Washington. But he's right. I mean, they're basically just trolling one another. That's all that's been going on right now. Yeah. Although I find it interesting that Dr. Oz did offer to uh, have medical personnel standing by. He offered Fetterman the use of uh, an earphone so that he could get answers from his staff. Well, but Fetterman he took that as a jab, notes. not as a bona fide offer. Well, I mean, saying, hey... Here's a doctor it, who's making an offer saying you might need these things. He didn't say he had to take them. He just said right. if you want them... <laughs> if you need to take free good take bathroom them. breaks. I <laughs> love that <laughs> one. <laughs> just yell, bathroom break, and then we'll pause. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's hit the break. We'll be right back. we got to Eric's going to give us one of his diatribes in person, so I won't have to deliver it. We're going to be talking uh, to Eric shortly, but you can join us, too. Sunbury Motor Company, our sponsor. Toll-free line 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing 
that can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Are you okay? You really are a senior citizen. i got to have my free <laughs> <Every> donut. <laughs> yeah, there was a day when you had your AARP card, you could get a free donut at Duncan. Now, they curtailed that, so they well, don't do it anymore. The population's getting older. They were probably going broke. Well, yeah, they probably got pushback <laughs> from Geisinger or something. Hey, you're contributing to the yeah. cholesterol problem. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Eric, thank you so much for calling in. We've been using your name as a descriptor around here about well-meaning folks who do good... Uh, Actually been using it in vain, Eric, but go ahead. Good remarks. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> thank, thank you, Joe. At least you're being honest. Uh, <laughs> what's the difference between a diatribe and just a comment? Maybe a diatribe is a little long-winded, but also based on facts. So here are the facts um, between uh, Mr. Fetterman and Dr. Oz. Uh, during their formative years after college, uh, Mr. Fetterman served in uh, AmeriCorps VISTA. Uh, in Western Pennsylvania, during his formative years, after after going to medical school, uh, Doctor Oz served in the Turkish Army, has maintained his uh, Turkish citizenship, and actually has voted in the 2018 Turkish election. But let's look at the facts of what they swore to. Um, this is the oath of office which every volunteer in AmeriCorps must swear to, and this is by U.S. law. Uh, 1973, that they have to swear to this. Quote, I swear, I swear or affirm that I will abide by and obey all the rules, policies, and laws applicable to the service as an AmeriCorps, AmeriCorps member without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and I will and faithfully discharge the duties of the office which I'm about to enter. And we know that, that Mr. Fetterman did in serving out Western PA by teaching, helping people get their GEDs. Now, this is the following oath of allegiance that every military officer in the Turkish army must swear to. I dear hereby swear on my honor in peace and in war, on the land and on the sea and in the sky, always and everywhere I will serve my nation, which of course is Turkey, and the Republic with faith and affection. I will obey the laws and regulations of my superiors. I will esteem the honor of the country of the army and the glory of the Turkish colors more precious than my own existence. When required, I will sacrifice my life willingly for the country, the republic, and duty. That's what Dr. Oz has sworn to. He has paid more see, money in taxes to the me, Turkish see? government <laughs> than he has ever paid in Pennsylvania taxes. So these subversive Muslims uh, are out to get you, us again. Which person do you want to elect as a senator in Pennsylvania? These these darn Muslims are coming after us, right? That This guy from Turkey, a Muslim, why, it's awful. Now, now, Joe, now see, see, Joe, you do that. You want to bring in a secondary issue of religion. I'm not. 
I firmly believe in in the service of Americans. It's part and parcel of who he is. The, the oath that Americans take when they join the military, which my father and thousands of people listening have taken. What's the oath you take as and, a Muslim? And also, I'm now sharing what 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 Doctor Oz took as his oath as being part of the Turkish military. Uh, he's no and I'll longer... remind everyone that our our relationship with Turkey has not been always on the greatest of terms in the 80s since Dr. Oz joined their military. So what you're so saying my is... is uh, and a viable <laughs> question I have is, where is this man's allegiance? So what he says, if I'm elected, <laughs> I, will, uh, I will reject my Turkish citizenship. Listen, But Eric, he hasn't done it yet. He's not a member of the Turkish military anymore. So but does he that, swore, I will always, yeah, as a member of the I Turkish, will serve my nation. As a member always of the Tur- and everywhere. As a member of the Turkish military, he took that oath. He's no longer a member of the Turkish military. He's not bound by that oath any longer. He's a U.S. citizen. Oh, and, and, and he also hasn't. He also is no longer a Turkish citizen, right? He has rejected his Turkish well, citizenship. Well, you, you didn't give us the Turkish citizenship resolution or oath. You gave us the Turkish military oath. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Since exactly. then, he says, obviously. I pledge allegiance to the Republic of Turkey and for all the wonderful things for which it stands. That's no different than the uh, Pledge of Allegiance in our country. I have yet to hear Dr. Oz say the Pledge of Allegiance. Have you? <laughs> no. How? Did he say it? Okay. Was he with you guys I, I when have, you said I, I it? I do He's, know that Mr. I can tell you has served I can tell you that he. I can hold on. I know hold that on. he has been a citizen of Pennsylvania and served here. Uh, hold on, Eric. I'm going to put I you on hold. I can tell you that he did take the pledge, say the Pledge of Allegiance, and I saw him do it at the state mayor's conference. He was our lead-off speaker in the morning. He was there. We start every meeting off with the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer. There you go. So he's changed his allegiance to, to the U.S. Uh, and uh, why hasn't he rejected his uh, citizenship then yet, Joe? He said he will. He, you know, you keep ignoring the fact that the only reason he's maintained it is so he can make medical oh. decisions about his parents. I realize that's irrelevant to you, but it makes a lot of sense to me. we got to cut off Eric. Sorry, buddy. Call back. Okay? Hello? All right. We'll talk later. Okay, Eric. thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Chris Ellis was right. In the absence of real issues, we uh, we snipe, right? All right. Uh, thank you so much for the information and the call, Eric. We'll have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. This is News Radio 1070 WK. Okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass. We appreciate his help and hard work. He's a big Phillies fan. The Phillies are doing well, so I won't jinx them, but we'll say that uh, they are looking to have a, just a super September. All right. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, you can hear the Phillies on our sister station, Eagle 107. Our toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Philadelphia Inquirer reporting State Senator Doug Mastriano said this week that criticism of his appearance in a photograph while wearing a Civil War Confederate Army uniform is proof Democrats have nothing else to run on as they try to stop the Republican from becoming Pennsylvania's next governor. Meantime, John 
Josh Shapiro, the state attorney general, repeated yesterday that he feels Mastriano is unfit to be governor. Mastriano said, I think it's also important to understand the past, uh, to have a better future, and to not repeat the mistakes of the past. He has not responded to numerous requests for comments from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, he offered a history lesson on the TV outlet One American News, a conservative network. He said all of the leaders of the Confederacy were Democrats. That popular conservative talking point commonly omits the rest of the story that Republicans used the so-called Southern strategy starting in the mid-1960s to court voters in Southern states who feared and resented the rise of the civil rights movement. Is that true, Joe? No. Okay. All right. I doubt that. <laughs> is that true? There's just nothing to that sentence? Read it again. Okay. Uh, Republicans used the so-called Southern strategy starting in the mid-1960s to court voters in Southern states who feared and resented the rise of the civil rights movement. You know, the, Repub- the people in the South became more conservative in the, during that period, but we, the civil rights issue is long gone now as far as you know, the rights they were fighting for back then, and still the South in is the 60s. heavily Republican. Shapiro gathered several elected officials and faith leaders Monday to denounce Mastriano. WHTM reporting the heat's picking up in the Senate race between Fetterman and Oz. On Tuesday evening, Fetterman's campaign released a statement saying the lieutenant governor would not participate in a proposed television debate in Pittsburgh. He said, quote, as I recover from this stroke and improve my auditory processing and speech, I look forward to continuing to meet with the people of Pennsylvania, unquote. Uh, And he said today's statement from Oz's team made it abundantly clear that they think it's funny to mock a stroke survivor. What uh, Oz had done was offer to allow Fetterman. Now, Fetterman speaks for a time and then stops. Somebody used the phrase haltingly. It kind of searches for words sometimes since his stroke. He says he's on the road to making a full recovery, but he's not there. So Oz says Fetterman can wear an earpiece during the debates for the staff to feed him answers, take frequent bathroom breaks, just raise his hand any time he's stumbling and say bathroom break, and to pay for medical personnel to monitor him during the uh, debate. And Sounds like the doctor is trying to accommodate his condition. Well, frequent bathroom breaks, is that part of stroke care? Anyway, I've, Fetterman said, I find it pretty... Well, you dis- know the old expression, when you got to go, you got to go. Well, okay, I got you that. <laughs> anyway, Fetterman said, I find it pretty despicable. Somebody who's a medical professional would try to use someone recovering from a stroke to be as flippant and disgraceful as he was. I don't think that was flippant the, or disgraceful. Oh, Come on. <laughs> well, he can read right through it. Maybe it was. Maybe there's more to the sentence that made it obvious he was being... Uh, condescending condescending well uh, i mean it would be easy for a doctor or for fetterman to say i don't need any of those things i'll meet you on the stage okay. or he could say i do need some of them but thank you i don't need this or this or this if he really wanted to debate us he could find a way all right uh, one other headline very briefly here the fda gives the green light for the new omicron booster shot it's a combo recipe in the new vaccine that has a little of the original omicron in it plus a dash of something new that directly targets the Omicron current strains. The FDA gave the green light for the booster Wednesday and now needs the thumbs up from the CDC. The secret ingredient is ketchup. Is that what they <laughs> put a little tomato in there? Right. Well, it certainly, right up. Have it, a little it certainly enhances sauce. everything else in the world. <laughs> All right, Dale, you are on the mark. Go right ahead. Thanks for calling in today. Yeah, I just want to say for people who vote, which I don't vote, but 
I think people should vote with their gut, not their brains, because their brain's been hacked. Okay? I tell you this because if you're thinking of something, next thing you know, you look at your phone, next thing you know, the thing you were thinking of comes up on your phone. That means, and then the, the world's best chess player just lost to a computer. So you got to understand something. These devices that you're holding in your hand, okay? Vote for people. Don't vote for material or property. Okay? So vote with your gut. Your, your gut is still organic. And the blue light will consume you. Oh, okay. Oh. The blue light special at Kmart? Not the blue that. light. Okay, Kmart's look at closed. the universe. 90% of the universe is, black, uh, is dark energy, okay? And then if you, look at, if you look at your brain waves, your transmitters, receptors, it's all blue. So I just want to tell you, your gut don't have no blue going through it. It's organic. Do you mind me asking and a question, Dale? Why, why don't you CIA, vote, Dale? Why don't, huh? you, why don't you vote? I'm curious. You have a lot of political opinions, and yet you don't vote. I don't have political opinions. I, don't, I, you know, I just care about people and protect people. That's all I care about. I don't care about material or property. You know, we live on the planet. We, we should all share. That's all I say. Well, I agree. But, but that why don't you vote, though? I mean, you can vote for candidates who support those because, those goals. Because if I listen, there's three rackets going on. One federal, one state, and one local. So I don't play with rackets. I'm going to hurt people. I'm going to put levies on people when I don't want to. You understand that? When you vote, you're putting levies on people. And it's basically... Not necessarily. You could unlevy people. Yes, it is. It's all rackets. There's a federal racket, there's a state racket, and a local racket. I don't get And a tennis racket. I just try to protect people. I just try to protect people. I just want to tell you, maybe you should put some aluminum foil over people's heads. That's going to start selling. That's there where you go. Yeah, now we're, got now to, we're into solutions. There's also the numbers racket. Yes, right. yes oh, the blue true. light is destroying mankind. That's it. The CIA will, won't tell you about that. It's the NSA who's controlling all this. There's a lot of racket in the next room sometimes. Sometimes. No, I just want to tell you at the top of the hour, have anybody noticed that always CBS coming through? And you know who CBS is owned by? Walt Disney. And they're the ones who are receiving all no, the no, great. No, 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 no. CBS is not owned by Walt Disney. You're thinking of ABC. Well, that's the NSA programming. All the, all the stuff they're receiving. Did you, uh, did you notice that the, uh, the world's best chess player lost to, to a computer? Now, how do you think he lost it? Why do you think he lost it? Uh, he got outmaneuvered. Your brain is an organic tissue. They can read. When you're thinking of something and your phone pops up with the thing you were thinking about, just think about that. Okay. Vote your gut. Vote your gut. Vote for people, not places and material. Well, just so your gut squared away, CBS is owned by Paramount, not by Disney. Paramount. Okay, they're all the same racket. All the same well, racket. that's okay. true. You have no argument there. Media is media. Right. They're right. in the right. same racket as other media companies. You'll, you'll, you'll take care of people when you vote with your gut. Thank you so much, Dale. Thanks for calling in. And we'll stay away from that blue light. Right. Much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Stan, you're on the mark. Good morning. Uh, CBS News just had a thing about blue light and how it, I think it was men shortens their life. Something yeah, along absolutely. Yep. From, yeah. from all okay, screens. Okay, so whatever. I guess I'm going to die. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Eric comes on here and he rails against Oz about his military service in the Turkish Army. Eh, that may be a little strange, and it, mm, it is what it is, but it, Dr. Oz isn't serving now. Okay. Fetterman never served that I know of. He was in the AmeriCorps or whatever it was. Is that what it was, what I understand from yes. about Fetterman? 
Okay. Never served so in the military. What? He never served in the military that I'm aware of. Yeah, one of our listeners sends a text and says, did Eric serve in any army? <laughs> we'll have to ask him. Yeah, so, I mean, when you go in the military, you take an oath to, pretend, to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. He rails against odds because he did Turk that oath. Basically, that's the same oath in the Turkish military, you know, roughly to the Turkish uh, terms. But he rails against the oath keepers, people that served in the U.S. Army that are trying to protect the Constitution from enemies, foreign and domestic, because he doesn't agree with the way they think. So, you know, I, it doesn't matter who the Republicans would have put up to run for Senate in this state. Eric wouldn't have voted for him. That's almost a guarantee. Now, he could come on here and refute that, but I don't think he will. Just my opinion. And it may be a wrong opinion. Now, what I really called about was Mr. Biden, okay? He came to Wilkes-Barre, was it Monday or Tuesday? I forget. Tuesday. Tuesday, right. Okay. All right. And he started railing about guns as he normally does, you know, how gun deaths are the number one cause of deaths among kids, which is a lie. It's not. Oh. Yeah, unless you count kids that are 29 years old, okay? Kids below 18, it's not. Car deaths are still the number one. Now, I'll put it to you this way. I don't want any kid dying by by gun by any way, including abortion. But Biden doesn't rail against abortion. He wants more of it. There have been way more kids killed for, by abortion than there has been by guns. That's a simple fact. Now, they'll say, well, it's not a kid because it's just a bunch of uh, protozoas or whatever and cells, clumps of cells in there. I'm sorry. Those cells, if they were left alone and developed, they would become a child. Correct? Yes, you're right. They would be. Okay. So, and the other thing he said was the AR-15 round travels five times faster than any other round out there. What? He did say that? That's what he said. Yes, oh, he did. come now, on. That's a, that's, that's a lie. No, he said really? it. The fastest, the fastest commercial rounds were a little over 4,000 feet per second. So that would make a 5.56-223 you know, five, five, Remington <laughs> traveling 20,000 feet per second. Oh, that break the sound barrier. <laughs> Plus it would have enough well, velocity Well, they all break the sound barrier. It would go around Anything the world. traveling over the sound barrier. Yeah. He's, he's so full of crap his eyes are turning brown. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Five, four times you know, he, the speed he, of light. And, and, he, and he throws down this threat, basically. If you want to go against the, the government, you got to have an F-16. An F-16? Nobody wants to go against the government. Wait, that's yeah, a, that's, that's an F-16 is a fighter jet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't have one, how are you going to fight the government? <laughs> you know what bothers said, me more you know, than that? All to these mega... Bag of patriots or whatever he said that you know think about uh, gun control and all this. I don't have the exact quote. He says, but let me tell you, you, you to go against the government, you would need an F sixteen fighter, and that's no joke. He said, as the people stood around him, started laughing. You probably need that's more no than joke. one. Probably need more than one. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we have a jet. You know, <laughs> but you know if, what? You know what? He's ignoring. Case, you know what? Why do we me? have infantry soldiers? Stan, what bothers me is he's ignoring the fact, and I've heard this reported several places in the past day or two, that they now estimate that 300 young people a day are dying of fentanyl overdoses through this stuff that's pouring in over the southern border, and we're not doing a damn thing to stop that. 
Oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. That ain't what Jean Pereira, whatever her name is. I can't ever remember her name down there. This press secretary says, no, no, no. They're, they're doing something about it. They're going to, I think, China because most of the stuff comes from China and basically threaten the Chinese. And the, you know what the Chinese do? They laugh in their face. We need to close the southern border. But he says, oh, they say it's, it's closed and safe because they've never went there. Biden has not yet once stepped on the southern border of this of this country. Was president not once. All right, but yet he's going to tell us that it's safe and secure. But his presence Biden, has been there. Biden his, is a loser. His presence has been there through all the illegal immigrants coming in with T-shirts saying Biden sent me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Well, that that is that is true. I think yep, Fox yep, News so. distributed those so that they could wear them. All right, we got to go, Stan. Thank you though Thank so you. much for calling in. All right, thank you. Don't forget, your 223 is really fast. Yeah, holy smokes. I'm going to have to try that for deer hunting. The bullet will travel around the world before my buddies can even hear the shot. That's right. right. It'll vaporize the deer. (laughs) Four times faster. Vaporize the one that hit my car. That's funny. All right, to be, I mean, sadly, unfunny, though, really. I mean, Stan is right there, too. It shows the considerable lack of information. If you take a talking point and twist it around and then lie a little bit, and then exaggerate it. Well, that's what happens. All right, 1-800. We had a previous president that used to do that. Yeah, we did, didn't All we? right, 1-800-795-9565 our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com early in the show. We had one of our good uh, sources at Bucknell University, Professor Ellis, talk about the fact that uh, he really doesn't see a civil war coming. We're more interested in football than we are a civil war. So it's not too likely, even though we have some of the elements of an arrest or of a uh, insurrection in the U.S. We won't have a successful one at any time soon. Uh, we are efforting to get an opportunity to talk to Barbara Walter, the Bucknell grad who is a political scientist and the author of uh, the new book, How to Start a Civil War. She talks about civil wars over around the U- around the globe, and then, of course, what are the elements that led to the U.S. Civil War, and then uh, the current state of affairs. So we are efforting an interview with her. You're also invited to talk to us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com and text us at 70236. We're wallowing in the political divisions. Facts aren't enjoying a busy day, but uh, the political... But we are doing well with the wallow. Uh, right, but the political <laughs> talking points and the blue light all shining bright. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 
uh, read something in front of you. All I don't right, really well, care what. Considering Eric wants another minute, we'll take this call. Says I must address Eric. Eric, take your imagination. The Doctor Oz is our president. Imagine President Oz opened the border and allowed all the illegal immigrants in, flew them into strategic voting states. Then President Oz let fentanyl in, and 300 people a day die. President Oz will not address anything. We only see him when he has a speech to give to his own people and calls others fascists. I cannot believe Oz will be as bad as what we have now. Sorry, Eric. President Biden has been a senator and president, and he's done so much damage in such a short time. As a senator, Oz doesn't have a lot of power himself, but thank you for allowing my opinion today. Well, you're more than welcome. Well, Oz could never be president. No, he couldn't be, because he took that darned old Turkish military oath. <laughs> well, as a Turkish citizen, <laughs> at least he served. Where was he born? All right. Oh, Eric, somebody texted, texted us and said, did Eric serve? Yes, I did. Uh, I followed my dad into the Navy. My dad was a 34-year vet. My my term was not nearly that long. And I did take that oath. I, I stood, put my hand up, and said, I will defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign or domestic. And I still believe in that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not BSing now. I'm being very serious. Uh, Stan, Stan called my patriotism in the question. He tried to say I'm against veterans here because I happen to take a different viewpoint. Well, shame on you, Stan, for bringing things in you have knew nothing about. Did Stan serve in the military? I asked. I don't know. He knows how to operate a, a, a weapon, but did he ever take that oath of office to defend the Constitution? Mm-hmm. My problem is I can't determine. I can't figure out. If, if Dr. Oz is an enemy, whether he's a domestic one or a foreign one, and that creates me a lot of problems. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for calling in. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the mark at wkok dot com. One of our listeners says, "Speaking of oaths, what about this? President Biden took an oath to defend the Constitution and to uphold U.S. laws." Apparently, that means nothing to him. <laughs> well, probably about the southern border. Maybe he probably obeys other laws. He obeys right. the bicycle laws at Rehoboth. We know that he rides on the right side and one at a time through the rail trails down there. Uh, another listener says, President Biden yesterday on Twitter, but COVID is emergency. Uh, wait. Biden yesterday on Twitter, but COVID is the emergency cited for the student loan forgiveness debacle. Okay. Hey, do you know that Dr. Oz could serve as president of the United States? Oh, really? Okay. Do you know where he was born? California. Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, no kidding. Good for him. All right. So good. he's as American as Eric. All right. But but his family was from there, so he I served guess it, there. It says residency. Oz was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and raised in Wilmington, Delaware. He lived with his wife, Lisa, in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, for several decades, and holds a medical license in Pennsylvania. And three homes in Turkey, <laughs> two in New his Jersey. Par- yeah, where his parents live. Two in Pennsylvania. I guess his parents must have gone back. That's not part of the story or the narrative, but I gather they came here. He was born, hence his dual citizenship, and then he, they went back. Went back. All right. You got one email left, then we're putting uh, Dan okay. on the radio. Biden yesterday on Twitter. Biden yesterday yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, we're missing a here. A couple of prepositions missing. But COVID is the emergency cited for the student loan forgiveness debacle. Yeah, he's right. And then we've come a long way. COVID no longer controls our lives. There are a record number of Americans working. Businesses are growing, ah, and our schools okay. are open. Biden declared the emergency over, and then he's using the emergency as a as a way to f- <laughs> force the student loan stuff down our throats. What's the connection between COVID and student loan because of the hold that he they put on it? He used it, no, as 
as the executive order. He used it justification for it okay. as an emergency based on the COVID. Uh, you know, the people are suffering economic and hardships because of the COVID situation. Right, students working. But he declared it over a while back, and now he's using it again to try well, to... Well, but he's reaching back into a financial crisis that was developed during COVID that no, is no, ongoing. He said the emergency was over. Right. He said I got gotcha. you. And then he's using the emergency to justify what he did. Right. But I, I I still think he's on safe ground there. If he, I mean, it's it's flimsy and ridiculous and worthless. This is anyway. the same logic that compels him to say that a bullet can travel four times faster than. <laughs> well, another. I don't know about that. All right, Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. No, it's Dan or Dan. I'm sorry. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, ever since the FBI is try invaded Mar-a-Lago. Trump has been bringing in a million or more dollars a day. And the reason I, I agree he shouldn't share it, I disagree with the dear professor. Why should he? Half the, the Republican Party don't like Trump, and they, they hate Trump as much as the Democratic Party. So he should, he can pick and choose what he wants to use it for. If he wants to run again, he has that chest build up and if someone else, he can support them. So, I don't blame him for not spreading it to the Republican Party because they're as equally bad as the Democratic Party, most of them, against Trump. So, that's what... uh, some people are missing. Trump isn't, per se, a Republican, just in name only. Trump's, I'd, if I put him in a party, I'd say he's in the Tea Party, not the Republican or whatever. He's a Tea Party man, and he's the people's man. <laughs> That's what I say, why he don't share it. But he can later when he, you know if he decides not to run. What about all these people that he's endorsed, these bad Republicans who want to get rid of him, as you've just described us? How about all those people that he's endorsed? Why isn't he giving them some money to support them in addition to blowing his mouth off at them? He probably has given some of his endorsees money. Not much. Yeah, well, I just wish he wouldn't get... In, I, I didn't agree with his picks in Pennsylvania. I just wish he wouldn't do that. I... I don't. I think Oz is the least winnable candidate. He could have picked McCormick. Would have been even better. And my candidate, of course, was Kathy Barnett. Would have been the best. But I don't. Oz wasn't my candidate. Not you know. <laughs> but well, I think- I, he did what he did. Trump and I disagree with that part of Trump. I think Trump feels that Oz is a a lot better debater than what Kathy Barnett or or what McCormick could have done. I think that's part of the reason. And it's obvious he's a very good debater because Fetterman don't want no debate with Oz. And it's sad, like, I agree it's sad that it come to this that Whoever's the best debater wins. And look at Trump. Uh, I, he's a good man, but look how he can debate. He knocked 
16, 17 other candidates right off the platform. <laughs> they couldn't out-debate Trump. Yeah, we were just meeting him at that time. <laughs> and, uh, yes, a lot of people said, while, while he, he learned later to interrupt during one-on-one debates, um, that he walked away the clear winner at some of the 2016 debates. Yeah, Trump, uh, that's the, yeah he learned the process and did it better. But that don't always mean you get the best candidate. But in Trump's case, we did. But that don't always mean you get the best man. You get the best debater. And Trump, he turned out to be the best of both worlds. In that case, we got a good candidate out of it. But, But as far as the money, I have no problem... And the more they the more they come out against Trump, the more his supporters support him. So it backfires on him every time when they try to pin something on Trump. He just gets more money in the coffers. So, and you know, this is going to turn out to be another witch hunt. They have nothing on President Trump at all. You know, they're just trying to make sure he never runs again. They want to get him out of there so he's not running again. They don't want to ever see a Trump again. <laughs> he's, it's sad what the political system come to. But uh, so we'll see. Well, you've got a lot of other good Republicans out there, though. So even if President Trump is somehow out or doesn't run or... You know, the powers that be decide that he's not the ideal person to run. you got some other good Republicans out there, so they'll be ready. You have a couple, but can they? do they have the moxie to get in there? <laughs> well, there'll never like be Trump. another Donald Trump, if that's what you're hoping for. Let us hope so. <laughs> the moxie to go in there and every 24-7 put up with the media on your tail, 93. 90 to 92% of the media being against you. Trump had the moxie to handle that. Whereas, who else could do that is what I'm wondering. Could DeSantis do that? I hope so, but I don't know. It takes, it takes a strong-willed person to put up with that every day and every day and even to this very day we're talking more about Trump than we are about Biden <laughs> because Trump actually did something and when he was in office something positive alright so, right, well thank you so much thanks, Dan man. thanks for checking in Yep, you guys have a great day alright appreciate the call one of our texters says hey Eric Turkey is a NATO member why do you rail against them after you accuse Trump of trying to break NATO which is it Eric is it Turkey an ally is Turkey an ally or is it not alright and then the next one this is from says, Stan yes Eric I was in the army and you do call into question other veterans patriotism so shame on you 
She was in the U.S. Army, not just any army. Not the Turkish (laughs) Army. you got to be clear. All right, to be continued, hold on, caller, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Sunbury Motor Company wants you to know they got some openings for entry-level and experienced technicians in the quick lane, light truck service, car truck service, heavy truck service, pickup truck service, and sedan service. they got the body frame and alignment shops that could use an additional clerk or experienced technician as well. If you'd like to serve in this capacity, they would just love to have you on board at the Sunbury Motor Company. Go to sunburymotors.com. They sell new Ford, Hyundais, and Kias. The Kia Rio is almost a minivan-sized vehicle. It is subcompact, but with tons of space. It's one of the vehicles that you see out there. It's a smaller Kia. Probably gets about 30 miles to the gallon or so. Uh, Much, much, probably 40 on the highway. But uh, you'll remember these as the ones that even a tricked-out Kia Rio Rio is less than $20,000. Okay, I'll repeat that. The range of prices for a Kia Rio is uh, the highest is $17,090. So it is an economical car to buy. It is going to get 30 miles to the gallon on the highway. So it has got economy written all over it. So it's just one of the many models they would love to hook you up with at the Sunbury Motor Company. They also have a towing service where they'd like to hook you up and take you to this quick lane if that's what your vehicle needs. They super serve you no matter what you need at Sunbury Motors. Okay. One of our emailers says... The southern border is nearly 2,000 miles long from the Pacific to Texas. Your frequent caller, Stan, acts like it's one point of destination. Stan, who knows all, sees all, but can only spew ill-gotten narratives. I leave the room as soon as he comes on now. He gives me intellectual and spiritual indigestion. May I suggest some thumbs? (laughs) That's what I use. Okay. Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Yeah, hey, I want to say I, I admired Dan. He was on uh, previously, and I kind of wish I had the self-control that he does. And But I'm going to disagree with him here. I think the, uh, the Democrats are praying that Trump runs. I, I think that's their, that's their dream candidate right now, because they'll uh, mop the floor with him, obviously. And, uh, you know, that said, I, I, I think they also are getting a lot of mileage out of uh uh, alienating uh, voters, especially not the ones on the far right, not the ones on the far left, but the the ones in the middle. They're, they're using uh, Trump as a tool to turn them off against any Republican. Any, any Republican doesn't matter where they are in the country, and they're, and they're being successful at that at this point in time too. So you know, I, I'm not going to tell Trump what to do, but there's some things I really wish he would do right now. Now that said. Uh, the last couple of days, I have been pounding the drum on how important it is for Democrats, or I'm sorry, for Republicans to vote against Democrats in basically all uh, races of importance, you know, from the House of Representatives up, okay? And, and the reason why is because I, I've made the case that as the EU goes, that is a direction that the Democrat left, who is firmly in control of the National Party, wants to take this country. Finland just announced that they're going to give their citizens $800 stipend for the increasing cost of their electric bills for this winter. Now, that sounds like a really nice thing to do, doesn't it? Well, it sounds like a very beneficent thing to do. 
Yeah, but let's let's look at the economics of that. All right. Okay, so let, let, I, I'm assuming that both of you fellas, if the electric bills, you know, double, you'll be able to pay them, right? And if they give you eight hundred dollars, our government, you know, our benevolent Democrats give you eight hundred dollars instead of having your uh, thermostat set at sixty nine in the winter. With that eight hundred bucks, you could put it at seventy one, okay, and use a little more electricity that drives the marginal cost of electricity for everybody else up. So they they think they're doing good. They you know they think they're doing a wonderful benevolent thing. But what they're doing is messing with the free market economy. I've always said the cure for higher prices is higher prices. And, again, we're, we haven't seen, you know, PPL, they're not going to adjust their electric uh, price to use or whatever they call it until, I believe, December 1st. And I'm afraid if, if people thought last year was bad, this year is probably going to be worse, Okay. And because of that, the people that are, you know, that don't move out of that contract or try to find something lower if they can, they're going to be paying bills way higher than they expected. So, you know, if uh, the Democrats win the uh, governorship, I'm, I'm sure we can expect to see something like an electric uh, stipend for uh, people. And my guess is, uh, what is uh, Wolf? He, he wants to pass out. Some big money to people. In yeah, it's primarily it's for people that are considered needy. But I don't know what the cutoff is. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Did I hear eighty thousand dollars at one time for the cutoff? Yeah, that would be about yeah. right. Yeah, for a family anyway. Probably not an individual. Probably for a family. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's interesting. I mean, you get. You get situations where, you know, cohabitation is, you know, becoming just as big as marriage in a lot of areas in this state. So I'm wondering how that is. If you're in a house sharing with another person, who, who would get that money if two people are cohabitating? Well, if is they're that not. That's a family? I imagine it is in the Democrat world. If they're not filing jointly, then each would be eligible. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, here we have a case where our government subsidizes cohabitation in some respects. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I just think the idea of the Democrat left being in total control of this party scares me. You know, they talk about the threat of democracy and civil. You know, they're throwing out civil war. Set uh, where we. I'm a semi-fascist and all this stuff. I mean, to me. That's complete insanity. As you said, Mark, there's crazies on both sides, okay? <laughs> I mean, you had to be crazy to attack the White House, okay? And I don't know how many conservative Republicans were in that group. The Capitol. The Capitol. Well, what, I thought the White House, didn't uh, Trump have to go to his bunker and hide? Wasn't that one of the narratives? Right, but the White House during? wasn't under attack, and he was no. only there a short time before he said, well, this is ridiculous, let me out. <laughs> yeah, but, well, the bottom line was... I'm sure the people uh, with him were glad I, I didn't anyway. know that. I never heard that he said, let me out. I, all, all I heard on the news was Trump is hiding in his, in his bunker, you know? And, uh, and they, you know, what did they say? How many police were injured during that... Uh, 
that that was basically a riot. I think they lit a building on fire, a, an old church that had been there for like a couple hundred years. Uh, I think you know, the I mean, church that's... was fire damage, but I don't think it was specifically arson damage. I think it caught fire because they set something else on fire nearby. I th- as I recall, it doesn't matter. Obviously, it was a riot. Obviously, it's far-right uh, folks that were insurrectionists and other folks that were just plain folks that kind of got drawn into it. Or normal tourism, just depending on your <laughs> viewpoint on this sort of thing. Yeah, and, and, we, and we, don't, we don't know if there were any professional agitators. They've never stepped forward or have been identified if there were there. You know? I think so, stealth is So there's a lot of things that we hear key. on our news that are designed for us just to hear them a certain way. That's, that's my opinion. And uh, like I said, I think the final thing, I do believe the Democrats' dream is that Trump runs for uh, president again. I right. Mean, and it, likewise, it, the same nightmare if he doesn't run and they run Biden, the same thing's going to happen. Exact opposite is, you know, Biden is obviously not a, a plausible candidate, literally, in 2024. But if they well, run him and somebody else runs, like a DeSantis or, uh, well, anybody else, they're going to have him right. for lunch. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting, you know, scenario. But let me ask you a direct question, Mark. And all I want is a yes or no. I'm not pinning you down. I'm just saying yes or no. If Biden decides to run, do you think that the people that are really in control of the Democrat Party would allow that, and would they turn their media dogs off or on Biden? You know, to all you know, just think of how the media. The mainstream media could, I mean, they could just destroy Trump if that was their, or I mean, Biden, if that was their goal. I mean, the things that they could be pushing constantly about him that he does on a daily basis, anybody that just listens to the news a little bit would say, oh, my God, we have got to get rid of this guy. He's losing it. But if they thought he could win, they would run him. The answer is yes. If they thought he would win, they would run him. If they don't think he'll win, they'll encourage him to step down. Or step aside to the race. I thought I didn't think he'd still be president by now. Well, the only reason he's not saying one way or the other is the minute he says he's not going to run again, he becomes a lame duck. I think he's hoping to have people believe he's going. a viable candidate, even though I agree with you, he isn't. Right, and I think they thought Kamala Harris would be a strong, a much, much stronger and really, character. There's and nothing that comes out of her mouth that makes sense to me. Have you, have you heard her come up with any coherent statement? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything incoherent or otherwise. She's uh, a sort of a background person at the moment. All she right, thank you so much, salads. Mike. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, uh, we got uh, the rest of the day's callers all lined up, so they're good to go. Let me hit the break. We got one email. We'll read that, and then we're going to wrap up the show. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.
tonight, 6.30 p.m. Why don't you say that again? Penn State game tonight, 6.30 p.m. No, you said it once to me because you didn't turn the mics on. So. I think you're getting to be Biden-like. I think you're making fun of me. You're getting to be Biden-like. You're making fun of my cognitive dissonance. I am. <laughs> Some funny not even dissonant now, now Al is laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sir. you got the floor. Okay. Uh, number one, dual citizenship. I have friends at at least three different countries now, uh, maybe five, uh, but, you know, in dozens of them, not just them, but their families. And there's a reason why they have to have dual citizenship when they have parents in the country. And and what goes along with that is out many obligations. And a lot of times you're obligated, like in Germany, to go in the service. Egypt, you're, uh, you know, I'm just learning this through life. And they had obligations and they had to have homes there. And then they have to spend a certain amount of time there. So they're obligated to two countries, and and this is all in particular about Oz. Um, that's the reason he's doing it is his parents, and a lot of them do it that for that because they're connect well family orientated. And uh, then Oz said, as soon as he can, and he doesn't want to say, well, as soon as my parents die, I'm going to go right to the United States and then get rid of my. Turkish, and that will make him more eligible voter in a lot of people's minds, but he can't do that right now. So that's number one, and then Biden is pounding the war drums, and he's already picked the sides, and he did it again Tuesday, and that's all i got to say about that. Yeah, he's really ramped it up. Yeah, and, and were any fires set on January 6th? And that's all i got to say about that. And uh, Trump has truth, and, and I was upset when he said uh, China Mitch. So I thought, well, why is he calling him China Mitch? And then I find out China Mitch's wife's family owns a huge shipping company in China, and the partnerships with the Chinese government, and they haul for the military. So, you know, Mitch's got to go. And, and you know, it's, it's true. There's too many, and I'm just talking about Mitch, but there's also too many instances where you hear about all these connections with other countries like China, and especially China lately. And just my opinion on that, if the Chinese could do come and take over the country, they'll probably be the first ones to go, just to make an example out of them, so we all toe the line, the communist line, but, you know, that's out there. And then uh, I'm on the immigration, I just met an Egyptian and a Filipino that are sponsoring their families. And they have to come over here, and they have to buy a house. They have to guarantee their survival for at least a year. And then these people that do it the right way already have classes scheduled, and we're just looking for a house for them. And that's the way it goes most of the time. So it's not a, a walk in the park if you do it the right way. And, you know, you could go on and on in the examples, but that that's just my comments on the day shows. And I even got my star one in about the Egyptians and so Thank you, Al. Thanks for Thank you. Bye. All right. Bob, last caller of the day. Yeah, good morning. I just saw in today's paper, the Daily Item, the Pennsylvania Constitution. They're trying to be an abortion, and they're trying to make it voter ID for everyone when it comes to voting. I don't think that'll be on the ballot this fall. I don't think it's ready for that. Well, I hope it all gets shot down because it's, it's as far as I'm concerned, not the way we want 
things to be. You don't want people to have to identify themselves when they vote, Bob? We already do identify ourselves. They know we're registered voters. How do they know that? Because we got voter IDs and we submitted it to the county that you live in. They know who you are. They How want. How long ago did you do that? You know, no, but they, there could be updates. Somebody could have taken your identification because it doesn't have your picture on it. It just has your signature on it. <laughs> Don't. Fall yeah, but you only have a certain polling station that you're allowed to go to. Right, based on where you live, but people move. Right, and then if you don't, you're not allowed to vote in that district if you move, if you didn't change your address with the voting. But if you go back and try to do it illegally, how do they stop you if they can't identify? Well, that's a catch-22. But, you know, as far as Biden goes, he's getting out there and putting out the good word, all the good things he's getting done, and... You know, that's why you hear more about Trump, because he's being investigated. I hope he does get busted for something. He's the most corrupt president we ever had in our lifetime. Something will stick, right? (laughs) No love lost. That's right. All right. We got you. Thank you so much, Bob. Thanks for calling Have a great weekend. Take care. Thanks, Bob. Uh, But I do think that it's no big deal to just show people your identification. Carol says, Dr. Oz is one of the many Americans that have, will serve in other nations' militaries. Most famous was the Flying Tigers in China during World War II. Americans are currently fighting under the Ukrainian flag. Many have served in the Israeli Defense Force. Many other examples. I see Dr. Oz's service with the Turkey military as no problem. Fetterman could have enlisted, as I did. Signed, Carol. Yeah, Fetterman was not a veteran of any... Uh, army. Well, he's a veteran of some tattoo parlor somewhere. He's got quite a few of them. <laughs> well, he was an AmeriCorps person, so he served his nation receiving only a stipend for a time doing community service. So that's a type of service, like a Peace Corps almost, although it's strictly in the U.S. Graduated from Albright College, though. That says something. And Harvard MPP. What's Harvard? Master's in professional business? Puppetry. He's a master puppeter. You think that's what it is? I have a feeling it's a little higher grade than that. Oh, but, well, you uh, never know. That's your view. Yeah, no uh, no military for Fetterman. Thank you, sir. Have a See great you Monday. weekend. Joe starts his retirement lengthened weekend right now. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury.